What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live San Francisco. Coming to you from the home of Alcatraz. Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, the Bay Area, our first time in the Bay Area. Sacktown, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland. We want to see you in the house. Get your tickets at challengemania.live. We are bringing Abram Boise, Kahuta Grindstaff, Darrell Taylor, D. Nguyen. That's right. You didn't come for me. You came for D and for D. Cobb's Comedy Club, Saturday, September the 7th, San Francisco. All right. As I said, you didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, nobody likes you when you're 23 or in your case, 22. He just turned 22 again on stage at Caroline's on Broadway last Saturday. My own private action figure, Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up, dude? Oh, man, that was the coolest thing ever. The action figure that you got me on stage, uh, you know, the, the crowd reaction was amazing. I'm about to go post that, uh, sometime soon. Um, but I just got done putting up, uh, me and Paulie making out on stage. So if you haven't seen that, check out my Instagram. Uh, and if you missed it, I'm sorry you missed it. It happens. A lot of crazy things happen at these challenge menu lives. And Scott, I don't know if you know this, but me, Darrell, Kahuta, Abe, I'm kind of scared to ask Dee if she wants to swim to Alcatraz. But you know, they do that. As a, as a thing. I think it's that morning. I, th- I think the morning of Challenge Mania Live, they do it. Oh, see, I wanted to surprise you, but I'm not as good as, at, at keeping surprises as you are. But, you know, uh, you know, pick your horse right now. But, uh, you know, Abe's been out of the game for a while. I know, you know, Darrell lives out there. Kahuta's, you know, quite, quite, quite the survivor. But I, I, I've been, I've been working out a little bit, Scott. I think I could do it. But you're not going to do it the morning of the show just in case, like, one of you drowns. I just, like, would rather it be after our show at Cobb's Comedy Club. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, if anyone's going to drown, you know how D's going to probably probably drown. So, I mean, you know, like, you might have to talk to her. You may have to talk to her. Maybe she doesn't do it this time. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't jump into the challenge with the shark, Scott. I don't Maybe tell her to kind of take this one off. D got a swimming lesson from our guest today on the last season of the War of the Worlds. They're playing again on War of the Worlds Part 2. Our guest on the podcast today, one of our favorites, Weston Bergman here. Give it up for him. You can let him know at Weston Bergman on Twitter. Um, some fun news from Wes on some stuff he's got uh, that he's working on that uh, you can actually be a part of. We'll talk about that in the podcast. Before we do that, though, speaking of that toy that I gave you, that is a one-of-one. Um, a lot of people asking where they can get that action figure. That was custom-made for D for his birthday. But um, we do have a cool uh, partner I want to let you know about, FOCO, F-O-C-O. You can follow them on Twitter, at FOCO USA. They make these awesome WWE bobbleheads. They're really big. They're really cool. Um, and they have their second line coming out, their Series 2 with Jeff Hardy and Brock Lesnar and uh, the man Becky Lynch. I know your favorite, Seth Rollins. But they're going to be giving away a couple of bobbleheads from their Series 1, which has Ric Flair. They have uh, John Cena. They've got The Rock, Andre the Giant. I believe you get to pick which one you want. We're going to give away a few to Challenge Maniacs. Here's how you enter, okay? Um, I want you to hashtag Challenge Mania. I want you to hashtag Bobble Mania. And I want you to tag myself and D, but I actually also tag Foco USA on Twitter, at Foco USA. And I want you to tell us who you think would be the best wrestling main event of this challenger and this challenger, who you would like to see in the ring. Is it Wes and Johnny, or do you think that their uh, their whole feud is a fraud, like a lot of people do? Is it Derek and Joss? Is it Rogan and Joss, and you just want to see them in a pile of mud, wrestling naked? Who knows? Let us know who you want to see in the ring. Hashtag Challenge Mania. Hashtag Bobble Mania. 
Uh, we will pick some winners and they will send you, courtesy of Foco USA, some pretty cool uh, WWE bobbleheads. So not the one of one D action figure everybody wants, but a pretty cool giveaway courtesy of Foco. Or Derek versus anybody for that matter. It's enough just to be Joss. Yeah. Okay. Um, just wanted to say thank you to everyone that came to the uh, Challenge Man Live in New York City, man. That, uh, that birthday was uh, the coolest thing I had ever experienced. So if you were there, I don't know if I've thanked you enough yet. Scott, I don't know if I've thanked you enough, uh, for making my, my, my birthday amazing. Everyone that was a part of it, everyone that's saying happy birthday, the before, the during, the after, it was the fucking coolest shit ever. Yes, thanks so to thanks. everybody who came. Thanks to our amazing the patrons, Paulie, Patron Cara. Thanks to CJ Kogel for surprising people. Thanks to yeah. Ruthie for being a part of the show. Thanks to Jose for coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Kenny for coming to our brunch the next day. Uh, guys, I want to tell you guys a little bit about some of the cool stuff we have going on at patreon.com slash challenge mania. Going to shout out some new patrons in a sec, but, uh, we, uh, have been doing the summer of stew. That will become the war room starting next week after every episode of War of the Worlds part two. We do a bonus episode. We take your questions next week. We're we are dropping a bonus episode dedicated entirely to fresh meat as voted on by the patrons. Make sure you check that out. It's going to be awesome. We took questions from you guys to talk about one of D's most famous seasons, obviously the one he played along with DM Brown. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. And also an interview that I tried to get on this iTunes feed, but they just won't let me. That's right. This one can only remain behind that paywall over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. I tried guys. I really did. D won't let me, the gods won't let me, but we spoke to a longtime 19 plus season producer of the real world, Jim Johnston, who gives us a lot of inside scoops of the many seasons he did. Real world Austin, real world Key West. You ever want to know who was almost in Johnny's spot on real world Key West? That's right. We never, we might have never had Johnny Bananas if they had went with one of these guys before. He lets us know about that. He talks about real world Austin and the big Danny fight and how they found the guy, tracked him down and actually got him brought into a police station. We get all that info from Jim Johnston, but I can't run it here on iTunes. You got to go get it at patreon.com slash challenge mania. I implore you to check it out. And I also want to let you know, I'm going to play a little clip. Uh, we recently did a summer stew episode where we got a question about game shows um, and what game show, childhood game show from the 90s, Nickelodeon style we'd want to play on. We talk about what would you do, Double Dare, etc. But I want to play this little clip where we talk a little bit about Legends of the Hidden Temple because I make a reference to one of the cast members on War of the Worlds Part 2 here, one of the cast members we get the most questions about here at Challenge Mania and why she ha- hasn't been on the podcast yet. So here it is. I'm going to play this clip for you. And I, and I, I do Family Feud, but if it was if it was Polish Family Feud, right? Yeah, I think we would all do Polish Family Feud. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going with. And look, I know you shouted out Legends of the Hidden Temple, Shuni. I think we've all dreamt about being a Silver Snake or a Blue Barracuda. Um, Olmac. <laughs> I just want to hear a story. I want to hear just like a story read by Olmac. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily want to go through the maze. I just want to hear like, I'd love to hear like a, just, a, just a stupid story read by Olmac. Remember Olmac from, from Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes, sort of. They, the, the whole, the format of the show was the guy would read a story at the beginning of the episode. And then the first step of the game was you'd have to like answer trivia about the story. It would be like a four, you know, sentence story. You know, a little bit of twists and turns, and then they'd ask you about it. It would be like, in 2018, Challenge Mania had several guests on that bashed Laurel in a row, and then she decided to block the host, Scott Yeager. Scott had no idea why Laurel blocked him. People kept asking, why did she block you? Scott had no idea why he was blocked by Laurel. Eventually, people kept asking if Laurel would come on the podcast, but he was still blocked. 
He would try to ask her to come on the podcast, but he couldn't because he was blocked. Now Laurel is back on War of the Worlds 2, but she won't come on the podcast because Scott is still blocked. All right, guys, so question here. Question one, what year did Scott get blocked by Laurel? Blue Barracudas. I think it was 2018. Correct. Move down to the next platform. That That's how the game went. So I'd love yeah. to just hear a story read, read by Olmac. That's it. But I don't need to do the whole spiel. Okay. Very yeah, popular I'll, I'll probably, costume. now that you mention it, I'll probably ask Laurel. Mm. I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's enough time. Well, you know, also, me, me, me and you operate very differently. You're very, pushy. you know, let me ask these people now, now, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. I'm like, I'm going to give it like six months. To be fair. Okay. So, so let me just, who, who got TJ to, to, to Vegas? Was that Pushy Scott or was that, uh. It was Pushy Scott. It was Pushy Scott. Who got Kenny to the New York City Pushy. brunch? <laughs> Pushy, uh, does not take no for an answer, Scott. Yeah. Okay, D, there you go. So everyone just heard you apparently are going to reach out to Laurel and try to get her on the show. Is that not, uh, the case there? Uh, I can try, but, uh, I don't know how, how easy this is going to be. Well, guys, cheer him on from afar. He's Derek Kaczynski. He's got his own action figure. He can do anything. Maybe he can get me unblocked. Uh, but even if he doesn't, maybe yeah. he can get Laurel on Challenge Mania. It's, uh, high tides. High tides, man. I don't know. <laughs> Let's shout out some of our new patrons. Katie Moore, Susan Nakla, Scotty Juare, Courtney Cox. I wonder if it's that Courtney Cox. Cindy Bolin, Christine. Morgan Downing, Ainsley Boswell, Mitchell Hanwell, Adam Horvath, Chung Chow, Tracy C. Bowen, Diana Placentia, Daniel Deepies, and uh, Ali Weckerly. Thank you guys so much for becoming Challenge Mania patrons. We really appreciate it. Some more Andre Green, Friendly Nelson. I wonder if it's Nelson being friendly or if it's just like a, an alias they came up with. Sid Gutierrez, Luke Hackney, Tracy Traxler, Tracy Van Tr- uh, Steenwick. Courtney Best, you are the best. Michael Utka, Daniela Gray. These are people that are wanting to get ready for War of the Worlds Part 2, and no better way to get ready than become a Challenge Mania patron. Taylor Presley, Terry, Sierra, Connie Liu, Charles Bachman, Sal Musakara, um, Samantha Baker, Cedric Grant, Andrea, Omar Alvarado, Anthony Trippi. These are all uh, new patrons, I think, who wanted to hear some of our uh, War of the Worlds bonus con. Anna Newhart. Amelia Acosta, Samantha Landry, Jamie Stanton, Abdallah Ali, Abby Tucker, Tatiana Villatoro, Jessica Pennington, Kim Watson, Liz Goshert, Vanessa, Amanda M. Bedner, Jorge Chavez. Thank you guys so much for becoming Challenge Mania patrons in advance of War of the Worlds Part 2. You guys are not going to be disappointed, I promise you. Yeah, and, and that patron brunch that we have every now and then, whenever we can get them, I love that. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love meeting you guys as much as we can. We appreciate you, and uh can't wait to, to, to meet as many as I can, you know, through this Challenge Mania. Through yeah. the Mania! Also at Challenge Mania New York, our new partner, 500level.com, who make these amazing sports and wrestling graphic tees. Go check them out, even if you don't buy anything. 500level.com, they make player-specific t-shirts for every team in the world. Uh, their licenses with the Players Association, so these are like player specific. You like Mike Trout, get a Mike Trout shirt. You like Dirk Nowitzki, get a Dirk Nowitzki shirt. If you like Dean, you're from Chicago, get a Khalil Mack shirt. Whatever you want, 
They have a wrestling library of shirts that is more extensive than the WWE's. You can get a Cowboy Bob Orton shirt. Not Randy Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton. You can get a Chief J Strongbow shirt. You can get Mr. Perfect, Sting, whoever you want. They were cool enough to give us five $25 gift cards that we gave away to Maniacs on Stage of Carolines. Very cool. And they've also extended the code 20% for all you guys listening, but it's no longer Mania. It is now Challenge. For a few more days, you can get 20% off in honor of Dee's birthday. 20% off, 500level.com if you use the code Challenge. No, I really do love the shirts. No, they really are my awesome. favorite. I'm not I'm just about saying to that. Order some more. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, are you ready for my next four picks? Yeah, send me the ones you want. We'll order you some more. Okay. All right, All right guys. All right, here cool. we go. Weston Bergman, one of our favorite guests as always, going to recap War of the Worlds 1, going to preview War of the Worlds Part 2. For everybody around Philadelphia, remember, Sunday, October 13th, tickets to ChallengeMania.live. Tony Time Reigns, Anissa Ferreira, who knows who else will join us. Ch- tickets for this show at ChallengeMania.live, along with San Francisco, Miami, Chicago, all those places. Way to almost already sell out the meet and greet for Chicago, by the way. Make sure you don't wait on those. ChallengeMania.live for tickets, folks. Here we go. Weston Bergman. By the way, Weston Bergman, his uh, his little quote here in the uh, War of the Worlds trailer uh, was the inspiration for one of the teams in our fantasy football league. Mike and Steph have named their team the Cheeky Punts. That's right, like punting the football, the Cheeky Punts. All right, well done, Wes. Here we go, Weston Bergman. Ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now, one of our favorite guests, and boy, do we have a lot to talk to him about, fresh off his third place finish on War of the Worlds Part 1, and now, fresh off his, I don't know, quote of the year in the trailer for War of the Worlds Part 2, the cheeky and yes, I will bleep that, Mr. Weston Bergman. How are you, brother? Good. I don't know why you have to bleep it. Yeah, he is a cheeky We've talked about it, how like someone like Theo can say it, and it sounds like, I don't know, a compliment but there's just something about what you know the the American regional accent of a Derek Kaczynski or a Scott Yeager that makes that sound like the dirtiest word in the world. Very much so. This actually I'm blaming on Zahida because we sat around one day and she taught me all of her bad like language and all of the uh, like Jordy talk. And I have subsequently been like in the room, like in professional settings with people from the UK, and I talk like that like as a joke, and they don't even mind. But you say those types of words in front of Americans and they get so pissed. Well, let's just talk about, I mean, how it sort of affected the show. And I don't know how much you're allowed to talk about here, what's off limits. But, you know, rumors were that this show is going to be called Bloody Hell, which, of course, is something that British people say all the time. Oh, bloody hell, I want to miss my meeting at 2.15. Uh, traffic's a right? Whereas, like, here in America, in the current climate we're in right now, bloody hell Maybe a little much for a TV guide when you're scrolling through on a Wednesday evening. So I don't know if that's why necessarily the title change was made uh, late on and, and to go back to War of the Worlds Part 2. But I think that's just an example of how British people can use the term bloody hell. And it sounds like, I don't know, bloody hell, do we have cereal this morning? And we say it and it sounds like, turn on the news, another catastrophe. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about on the name situation, but I don't, I don't, if there was a name change, I don't think that's why. But, uh, but yeah, I, no comments. Yeah, no comment whatsoever. In no way, shape, or form would somebody who filmed an entire season know whether they were calling it something else the whole time before. But I'll let you off the hook. Welcome well, back to the show. This wouldn't be, that wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. 
Right. No, of course. I mean, and these things happen because you film this stuff, you put it all together, and then the last stop is the network who are like the end-all, be-all, and they can just be like, oh, no, 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 we don't like that. And then you're like, but we did it like, okay, whatever, I guess we'll change it. This was yeah. the easiest way to run back what I think was your best season, um, and I know you came in third, and we'll get to that, but to me it was classic West through West, classic West through and through mental game, social game coming up just short there in war of the worlds. So, I mean, for you to be able to run it back and immediately get back into a war of the worlds part two, could, you had to be thrilled. Am I right? I was, yeah, I'm very proud of my uh, performance on world of worlds one. And it was uh, a whole heck of a lot of fun. And it, damn, if I did not do that one, I would have been really jealous and mad at myself and regret it. And, of all the like ones to quasi quote unquote come back for, that was the one. And, uh, there was a lot of things I did very well, but I have to attribute luck to quite a bit in there. And, but it was a lot of fun. You're right. Classic Wes. I mean, it was every single time that like my athletics wasn't going to be enough. Then all of a sudden my brain and my mouth was. And then, um, and then it was even better when it was all of it was firing in all cylinders and I was winning everything and kind of kind of moving the whole game around like a pub master. You, you know, um, Wes, it's, it's interesting, you know, when we get up, get done doing these shows and, and, and we come off of a loss, you go back and, and you have some time to sort of like reflect and, and make a personal assessment either with yourself or with your peers or maybe with, with your wife at this point. And, and you look back and you go, man, what could I have done better, um, to have, you know, to, to, to have really won this thing. Have you done that? Did you do that with who possibly? And, um, what do you think you could have done better to have won the whole thing? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, but I, I don't think that there's a whole heck of a lot that I could have done better. I mean, it was a flawless game and, um, you know, the, the only argument would be, and this is from like the deep hater corners of the internet would have been, uh, why didn't you get rid of turbo sooner? And, uh, you know, first off, I actually like fell in love with turbo, like right away. He's as likable in real life as he is on the show. And he was also partnered with someone that was going to struggle at the time. And I was working with, so I like loved turbo. I've was working with Nani. There was no reason to get rid of them, nor had we proven that he was a robot yet. And so it was like, you know, at the end of the day, I, and then Theo, Theo was about as average as, as average could get on borderline everything. And I didn't think that a body type that it was shaped the way he is would be able to do the long distance runs. Like, do I think that he would beat me in virtually any type of a sprint if, with the exception of if, if there was hurdles in it? Of course, I think he would wipe the floor with me. But when you go to start running 10 miles or 20 miles or whatever the case is, let alone what ultimately ended up being like 50 miles, I thought he was just going to gas out. And so I thought I had cultivated one hell and love Hunter to death, but he's the exact guy you want to partner with throughout the whole game because he'll win eliminations, so he'll be trusting and loyal, he'll work with you, and then he'll lose in the finals. So uh, I, I thought I'd cultivated quite quite the the finalist uh, and it's just you know you can't it turbo's turbo and uh, I couldn't have done a whole lot better than I did in the in the final and I'm not saying that I did amazing it's just my body's not meant to go 50 miles in that heat that fast. <laughs> 
Well, you know, football has what we call the armchair quarterback, Monday morning quarterback. And I think, you know, the challenge has a bit of that as well. Um, and when this final took place, I remember a few people coming up with this thought at the time. And some people wrote it in, wrote it in here. I'll give credit to James and Young Pack, who both asked sort of the same question, which is during the final, did it ever cross your mind to give the answers to Kara? which would have gotten her in the final four and thus would have like launched you up in the rankings because whether it was, you know, Theo or Turbo or whoever was maybe ahead of you, that would have taken one of their spots. Um, is that something that you ever thought of in the moment? Is that just easier to kind of visualize from a, from, like I said, an armchair when you're watching, you have all the rules in front of you, because I think that's what everyone thought was that a flaw in this system of like cutting somebody out who didn't finish the puzzle was that if you essentially cut out the person who was, you know, accumulated the best time, then, you know, you definitely have a flaw in the system there. Of course, Kara ends up getting cut loose and these guys who had the better times then go forward. But ever think about doing that and using that little rule quirk to your advantage? Yeah. So I think that I, I wouldn't even classify whoever that, whoever said that, I wouldn't even classify that as armchair quarterbacking. That's, that's pretty darn astute and you're paying a whole heck of a lot of attention, but there's a lot of things that have to go very, very, very right. And remember, we're on 30 minutes of sleep, mile 49 and, uh, of two days of legitimate hell. And the, there's so much pressure in that little, I don't know what we want to call it, that little unlocking of the lock phase and that lap and that very, very crucial, like 20 minute time period where you're running and doing the math or whatever it is. Uh, and it did cross my mind. I did not do it. Part of the reason why I didn't do it was, um, uh, there was a ref right there and I wasn't prepared to take any time penalties. And the ref is a, uh, has a tendency to be a very mean person and other things that I could say about said ref that I would say to their face. Uh, but I'm not going to say it behind their back, but, um, I'm, I, I nor other types of, um, very gen, I don't even know how to say this male competitors, uh, are not of this person's favorite. So I wasn't about to like take a time penalty or, even worse. And this person was just like breathing down my absolute neck. So I was just like, it's easier just to play it fair. Um, but it definitely, uh, definitely went through my head. Well, I think one of the reasons I use the term armchair quarterback is that it's so not almost to say that anyone who says this is like, I don't know, some buffoon who doesn't get it, but just what you said right there is something that we as viewers don't have the luxury of knowing. So is it explained to you that, that sort of helping someone else could lead to you getting a penalty? Cause that's not a rule that we hear on camera. So like for us, we're thinking, Hey, just give car the codes. She gets ahead. That way you get rid of Theo. You come in at least second. Whereas like, if you know, it causes a time penalty to help someone else, that's reason right there alone. You don't know how far ahead. You don't know how much the time penalty is going to affect you. And like you said, if there's a ref who has, you know, sort of creative license here to decide how much it impacts your game, that right there is something we as viewers don't know. And that's part of the armchair thing for me. So is that something yeah. in finals you're told, hey, you are not allowed to help others? Because I see people helping each other on these shows all the time. Well, it kind of depends. Like, uh, uh, I guess you could say that there are certain places where helping is a little bit more encouraged, right? Like if I'm, 
if I'm if I happen to be running next to Hunter, I'm allowed to talk strategy, right? Or 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 say I'm going to take this path and not this path, or th- that kind of stuff. But then it, but then when I had finished, as an example, and I was uh, standing on that log waiting for everybody else to finish, which was like <laughs> literal uh, on day one, which was like literal hours later, um, and the Hunter was trying to solve a puzzle in front of me, and I was trying to talk him through it, and I had been. I was warned and then I was warned and it was one of those like, we're going to literally like cut you type of last warning. And then I finally just shut up. Well, uh, Turbo had tried to give the combos to Theo um, and he was essentially took all of those warnings. And so then then now they were already immediately at the like the yelling at us phase. Um and so uh, that's that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, because Turbo gets that sort of hero's edit where he was helping. I guess it was Theo, but on camera kind of played like he was trying to help anyone, like almost like he was just basically like wanted a fair fight. Like, hey, I'm done, and now I want you guys to get done. Um, and so love, that's what, love him, love him to death. But he was doing everything to beat me because, mm. like, I don't, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, partly because I'm nervous too. Um, it's on my DVR. I'm gonna watch it. I'm I'm proud of it, but I'm also scared to kind of relive it. But. I don't know how much they showed in like the food sequence or whatever, but he got there first and he gave me every single plate of food. I mean, no one really thought there was a chance for, and at the beginning of that second day, no one thought that anyone was going to win except for me. And so when Turbo was in, in first at that, at that, uh, by the time he got to that eating challenge, he put all these plates of food. Do, I don't, do they even show this? I don't even know because I haven't seen it, but they, they had to have. He put all the plates of food on me. So some people are sitting there not eating anything, and I've got like seven plates of food that I have to get to, and that's when I like reach this like, oh, my God, this sucks moment. And that was like a, a 45 to 60-minute issue for me, which uh, very well might have been probably was the reason at the very least I didn't get second. Uh, but if not, if not better. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think you fall down a couple of times. I think they do show you kind of like really dying out, you know, that, that was, um, that was definitely my worst leg for sure. Like there's no, as much as I want to sit here and blame it on the food that I had to eat and other people didn't. Uh, yeah, that was my, that was my worst leg. I kind of picked it back up a little bit and whatever the next leg was, but that was, when I look back and like really kind of <laughs> keeps me sleepless at night, it was that leg and through those dunes. And and Scott, just just to kind of, uh, did you get his answer for the all the that referee talk? Did you did you understand all that? Basically, so for everyone that doesn't, basically, um, you know, due to human error, uh, um, you know, West didn't have any more like you know gimmies. You know what I mean? At that point, Wes is like getting in trouble for trying to reveal answers. But at that point, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you thinking giving your opponents the answers? You know what I mean? Like to run that through your head. Look, I, I've been at, at fault. Sometimes I do it, too. You know, I've done I've, I've done it, too. You know, but but the, the question is, is, is how do you have the wherewithal to give someone that is chasing you the answers? You know? Well, that's the flaw in this particular game. Whereas, like, 
if you know, and Wes, you can let us know how well aware you are of how far you are ahead of, say, a Kara or how behind you are of someone else. Uh, but if you know, hey, Kara is by far in last place right now. She's the one I want to make sure is on that island, you know, then honestly, th- there'd be no qualms with giving her the answers because, you know, if there's one thing I'm sure of, I'm ahead of Kara. I don't know if I'm ahead of Turbo, behind Theo and whatnot, but I know if Kara takes one of their spots, that's a win for me. So I think that's the flaw with this deciding right here to cut someone loose via puzzle. I just think that doing an accumulative race and then having that cutoff, I don't know. Uh, tell me if you agree just as like a game, you know, theorist, Wes. But do you think that was a good format for a final there, having it be a cumulative time, but then also having, you know, sort of check markers where people got eliminated? Uh, I mean, I am a fan of the accumulative time. Uh, I think that, that that allows you to that allows like every type of the thing that they're trying to challenge you on. Everything gets tested and kind of averaged out because um, the person who wins is the person that's at least a B plus throughout everything, as opposed to somebody that come can come in and eat real well, but can't run or whatever. Right. Um, or, or is really phenomenal at puzzles or really horrible at puzzles. Like you, everything needs to in some way, shape or form get tested. I think it kind of stinks a little bit that, and they were, they were aware. I mean, that's why there was, there was refs like position there that were already uber sensitive about trying to prevent that, but they have to have all of us. Um, they can't set up like, six different paths with six, six different codes and six different math settings. And they have to have all those little wraps right next to each other for TV purposes. Otherwise it looks like we're all playing a different game. So I think that they were aware that there was a little bit of a, uh, um, and it, 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 there was a tiny bit of ill conceivedness, uh, if that's a word. Um, but at the same point, like, I, I don't know. I kind of, I'm turned on by the fact that that if someone was smart enough to put those pieces together and do it in the moment and not get caught, that they that that could have. I mean, that would have made me one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it would have been like a banner move that people talked about for years to come. It would probably you know cause them to re rewrite the rules and like flat out say that you get disqualified for doing something similar. I mean, we had Ruthie on this podcast a few weeks ago and she said her biggest challenge regret game wise was not, uh, you know, kind of uh, throwing a puzzle on the ground after they finished. And thus another team saw how to solve the puzzle ends up winning. Ultimately people get condemned for that over and over again for not having the wherewithal to like erase something and letting another team see it. To me, it's like the door swings both ways. If someone can be like a savvy game player by going and stealing the combination off of somebody else's thing, then why can't that person be savvy by just giving it to them? Uh, I just don't know where the line is. That's what's interesting there. So... Um, yeah. 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 No, no it's, it is interesting. Well, if James or young pack one day is in a challenge final, they seem to have the, uh, the goods to win here. Um, let's talk some more about war of the worlds one, and then we'll, we'll obviously work our way into this new season and preview it in whatever way we can. And, you know, we can talk about some of the returning players. We could talk about some of the stuff we see in the trailer a little bit. And, um, but I wanted, this is a question from Nina that I want to address. Um, she says, why did Kara and Polly apologize to you after season 33 and send gifts have they done something shady to you that we haven't seen um yes so 
Polly and I had a deal and to where Polly, if I remember correctly, was my number three, I think. Um, and Cara was my number four. And I know that that sounds like to, to a typical insecure challenger, that sounds like really, really bad. But then you look at it, eight people made it to the final. So if you're my four, that's a pretty important spot. And it kind of ate at them throughout the whole game. And they kept taking shots at my number ones and twos. And then eventually, um, let me see exactly what happened. It was like finally Pauly got in a position of power and he was butthurt over the, the stupid move that Hunter did that landed Pauly in the, in the pit or whatever, the killing floor. And, um, and then we go on this like 36 hour, like, talks essentially where he just is acting. He just is pulling a typical poly. And then in hindsight, he's like, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah. I let emotion get the best of me. I'm very sorry. Cara kind of fell victim to that as well. And in like an emotionless game, like I didn't do anything wrong, which is what they were apologizing for. But they get, they, they sometimes have a tendency to just um, get emotional with their stuff and, and makes mistakes. And that's what they were apologizing for. What were the gifts that they sent? It was actually pretty funny. Uh, there was a couple of things in there. Uh, so I guess the funniest stories both have to do with my wife. One of them was like one of Cara's perfumes, like pirate hooker perfumes or whatever. And, uh, my wife puts them on before we were about to make love one night. And it just completely killed the mood because she came in, she was smelling like Cara and I'm like, Oh, Nope, you are not, <laughs> you're not getting any tonight. So I just called the dog up to bed and we spooned and we went to sleep. Uh, second thing was, that was also funny, also including my wife is, uh, Polly sent in a bunch of like seductive borderline only fans type of pictures. And I kept putting it on my refrigerator to display it proudly as kind of like a joke. Um, and then my wife kept taking it down and trying to hide it. So then it turned into like a, where is she going to hide Polly's only fans picture in the house next? And I would always sniff it out and put it back on the fridge. Wow. So I think the first thing you said probably made a lot of listeners very happy. The whole couldn't have sex because she smelled too much like Car Maria. And then you probably pissed off those same people by saying that you and your wife had fun hiding the Pauly Calfiori OnlyFans photos around your house. So uh, 50-50 there so, for all you guys. So was, she, was your wife then denying you for denying her for the perfume because you're posting the pictures of Polly? I'm not exactly sure what did she didn't like about the had Polly like touching himself sort of things like holding a football under his arm like on our on our on our refrigerator next to like our calendar of things that we're doing that week like it's a um yeah it, it didn't fit into the decor which is what I thought was funny about it right like you have guests over or my mom comes over to watch the watch the dog while I'm out of town or something and all of a sudden there's just like a borderline naked picture of some man she's literally never heard of just on the on the refrigerator I, I think I think that's what my wife, wife. I think your wife just came up with a pretty good cover up. I think what's happening is you're coming home from a business trip. You're finding that photo, the last place that she, I don't know, sit, sat back with a couple lit candles and a, a glass yeah. of wine and a picture yeah. of Polly. She leaves it <laughs> oh! there and you come home and find oh, it. She's like, Oh, hide and seek. If I wasn't so secure with myself, I would hate that joke. But I, yeah, you're right. Like I find it like underneath, <laughs> underneath her, her pillow. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, you know me just hiding it in the bathroom with the door locked again. Whoopsie. Yeah. 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 See, that's a good joke. Did you see, uh, I, I guess Derek's been liking those OnlyFans posts as well because Paulie oh, hit the yeah. stage at Caroline's on Broadway last weekend and immediately jumped into Derek's arms and I they did that whole that. like uh, makeout thing. Did you see that? 
I just saw that like literally five minutes. So I'm so up to speed. Like I've got the lava, like it's like Polly posted a picture of it and he said, I kissed a boy and I liked it. Like the Katy Perry, <laughs> the, the Katy Perry <laughs> reference. I literally just saw that like right before I got onto this, uh, onto this with you guys. Oh, you know what? I didn't, haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. He posted something too, huh? Yep, and he, and I think I didn't have my sound on, but I think he had like the Katie. You know how like on Instagram they have the the music. I picture. I think the the I kissed a girl and I liked it song was on the background, but he changed the written words to I kissed a boy and I like it. Oh, that's fucking funny. That is brilliant. Uh, um, did we when we when you came on the show last time? I know it was towards the middle of War of the Worlds. I forget if this had happened yet. Um, and I know at the time, just from talking to you privately, you did not want to talk about this at the time. But now that there's a little bit of separation from it, hopefully we can revisit it. But Mike wants to know, when it comes to that whole uh, elimination where you were chosen as Nani's uh, champion and uh, Turbo was chosen as Georgia's, Mike wants to know, from a viewer's point of view, it looked like Georgia outsmarted you in the duct tape elimination. Did you feel she cheated or outsmarted you? Or was there something to that elimination that we don't know that played into what eventually resulted in Nani being eliminated by her partner who she had trusted up until that point? Right. Um, so I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about it. And I'd rather just not that I really care one way or another. I just don't want to get an angry phone call. Uh, so I'll just say uh, I not I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it, but no, she cheated, and I don't. And, and it's one of those like the refs are supposed. The refs like made so many mistakes in that particular little moment. Like over over like in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a big deal. But like if those refs were sitting in front of me right now, and I and I walk them through like what they said, what the rules were, they would literally either have to bald face lie or apologize, which is why that they'll never talk about it. But no, she massively cheated. And, but here's the thing on the challenge, like you as a competitor have to, there are risks and rewards with kind of pushing the boundaries of where the rules are. And Georgia took the risk to cheat and to do so without even remotely worrying about getting disqualified and being sent home. Uh, and that ended up working out for her. So on one end, yes, she cheated. Uh, on the other, uh, Turbo was better than me anyway at that thing. It's Even though it's hard, to, I'm sure he would have beat me even if there was two mannequins uh, that were sitting there. Um, but she she. Yeah, she cheated, but she got away with it, sort of. Um, sorry for anybody who notices there's 10 lawnmowers in the backyard of my parents' house as I record this in Stanford, Connecticut, a place you know well, Wes, now. But um, go ahead. Well, speaking of terrible, terrible timing, dude, that was the that was the worst elimination ever. Like, it wasn't – it was like three minutes – it was like three minutes, like probably total, uh, maybe less. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Nani, and Nani couldn't pick her partner. And, I mean, yeah. and Nani's partner ended up taking her out. A dude that was calling her mom. Which, or, which kind of, which kind of leads me to, you know, question like, you know, we talk about like kind of helping each other and stuff like that. Like it, it almost seemed like that was a time where he, he maybe could take a little easy on his girl. I mean, essentially he, he could have just not done anything, right? 
Right. Well, you know, they're both in a really good place as far as like friends and family members, right? Like we all sometimes like grow beyond friends and into family and they're in a really, really good place. So I don't really feel bad saying what I'm about to say. But at that time, like as Turbo wasn't wasn't happy, it wasn't 100% elated when it became singles because he all of a sudden now could make 750000 instead of 375000 It was partly because they had been fighting because she refused to work out um, and stop smoking cigarettes. So they were like bickering and I was like the therapist because I was like Turbo's best friend and I'm like Nani's friend and I'm like trying to help them work this out. I'm trying to have them compromise where maybe he's a little bit less aggressive asking her to work out and then her, her compromise would be that she actually works out and it's just like the more they fought the more she stubbornly like moved away from it. So he did a very bad job of talking to her but they were fighting and they were fighting and they were fighting and then then they became singles and he's like, cool, I don't have to do anything about it. And then he, and then he started like, uh, hanging out with Georgia more. So all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, he kind of felt like she was as much of a sister as, uh, as not, as Nani was. So in a situation that's that confusing, just, you might as well just go hard and figure it out later, which is, I think kind of what went through his head. Yeah. I, it's funny. You mentioned the, whether or not Georgia kind of bent the rules a little bit. I think that no matter what you had done, Nani was not getting out of Turbo's like hostage situation. That just was yeah. not, it was not happening. And, and, and to like Nani's defense a little bit, like, you know, I've played this game with with girls that that haven't worked out um, or don't really. It's not like what they do on a daily basis, and I, and it actually I believe hurt their game because here we are, here they are working out for the first time and you know, two, three months, shit, let it be two weeks. They have, say they haven't worked out in two weeks and this is not just a regular thing that they do. They are sore as fuck. Their yeah. bodies are like, what did you just do to me? I hate this. This is why I don't do this. I can't walk up the stairs, you know? Yeah. So to her defense, I mean, if she doesn't do it, it's not what she does all the time. Like I mean, people make it a little waste. I mean, we've seen yeah. more people make finals. How do you uh, feel in general, Wes, about eliminations Challenges too, I guess, because sometimes this plays a part in daily challenges where you have, say, the guys participating when it's ultimately a girls elimination day or something. But also in this particular elimination, how do you feel about the construct where there's people who essentially ultimately decide the fate of the challenge but aren't on the block? You know what I mean? Like it was ultimately you versus Turbo, but it was Nani who went home. Like to me, I know she had to escape, but it almost came more down to how you guys performed. And I don't like that. Again, going back to being able to manipulate the rules a little bit, I feel like that's a perfect chance for someone in your shoes to have done that. So if you wanted to. So, I mean, what do you think about uh, situations like that? Do you think they're good TV? Do you think that they're good strategy wise or would you get rid of them? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that one was just, just got so sloppy so quick that it's hard to defend that format in any capacity using that as the example, but there might be other examples or things that they could do in the future where, um, where it just doesn't turn out so sloppy. Uh, so like, you know, on one end, I want it to err on the side of a sport and have it be a rule and have it and, and be more like rules and, and, and have, uh, um, your, you decide your fate. But on the other end, 
you know, this is a game show and it's a, it's a soap opera. And so to not have like all these X factors that aren't out of your hands would be a kind of against the ethos of the challenge. Like there should be a bunch of shit that comes out of the woodwork. That's not fair. That totally screws you. And, uh, you know, I look back and I'm, and, and there are some things where, where yes, good luck has worked in my favor, but there's been some things where really, really bad luck worked in my favor. And yeah, that might've cost me a challenge win or sent me home or whatever, but I'm a better man because I've taken losses on the chin that I had nothing to do with. And so I'm not, uh, I'm not totally against, some sort of like third party person kind of having a say in some capacity in how well I do. I think that that's part of the show that we're on. If I wanted everything to be fair, I'd uh, do CrossFit. San Francisco, we are so excited to come and do Challenge Mania Live at Cobb's Comedy Club on September 7th. I'm a big fan of San Francisco. One of my favorite movies ever took place in San Francisco. The Rock with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Do you mean me, Scott? Yes, I, I do, Sean. Is that you right there? Yes, it is me. The Rock has become a tourist attraction. Well, yeah, it has, but we're not doing the show at The Rock, Alcatraz. We're doing it at Cobb's Comedy Club. We're doing it. We put together the best lineup ever. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fight. No, 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 don't, don't say the rest. Don't say the rest. We've got Abram Boise, Darrell Taylor, Kahana Grindstaff, some of the best storytellers in the history of the challenge, and, of course, me and DKO as well. Tickets on sale at ChallengeMania.live. What do you have to say about that? That's a pretty great blueprint for an amazing live show. My blueprint was in my head. I, I know. Look, I, I don't even know how I'm talking to you right now. Maniacs, get your tickets. ChallengeMania.live, Saturday, September 7th, in the Bay Area, San Francisco, San Francisco. All I want to know is, are you happy with your haircut? Scott, I think it's about time we transitioned from one war and blasted into the next war with Wes's bio for War of the Worlds 2. Oh, what do you got there, have you seen? Have you seen your bio yet, uh, uh, Wes? My bio? Yeah, your bio for the new season? No. All right, I'm going to give it to you. Cause I, 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 to my fault, I have not seen all of these bios, but they're up on MTV.com. I don't like to your and fault. It, like, like the average person goes and reads the four sentences about all of these people. But, just like, wait, we, we don't need an extra four sentences on Wes. We're good. We're like, you know, like. Well, yeah, but this is this is what the challenge guides are essentially saying about these people. This is what people. some MTV.com intern. This is what some intern at MTV.com thinks. But go ahead. Okay, just saying. Here we go. West twelfth season, five finals, two wins. West has made his name. West has made a name for himself as a political mastermind, orchestrating countless alliances and schemes en route to becoming one of the game's most dominant competitors. Of course, all of his wheeling and dealing has gained him some major baggage as fellow challengers have grown wise to Wes's manipulative ways. In particular, his nemesis, Bananas, has sought to stay one step ahead of, one step ahead of his rival at every opportunity, forcing Wes to step up his game. With so many of his fellow competitors weary of his plotting, will Wes have to find a new strategy or can he rally his fellow Americans to his side and maneuver his way to yet another final? How do you feel about uh, that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, 
That's it. That's I mean, not all that untrue there. I would say there's uh, there's some. There, I mean, it is what it is. Like there's uh, there's a lot of. I'll take the compliments, but there's also some massive truth in the fact of. Like, I won more challenges than anyone in this last game. And debatably, depending upon how you want to define it, I won more dailies than anyone has ever won, ever, in a single challenge. And so when you do that and the power is put in your hands to you have to send someone home every single time, I sent home so many people that there is a lot of butthurt challengers that are going to be coming back. Um, I'd like to think that they know that I didn't have a choice because it was either win and send someone in or lose and possibly be sent in. But there's that, right? Then there's the fact that, uh, that not only did I do better than everybody else with the exception of in that final, um, but I also kind of stole the show from a attention standpoint, time on screen standpoint, storyline standpoint, and I did it without fighting or fucking which means there's a lot of people that really, really care about screen time and really, really care about attention and social media and all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, took a lot of that, if not the most of it. And so there's a bunch of people that are either mad or jealous. And uh, I understand where they're coming from, but that is the situation that I'm walking into. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Would you say overall, um, obviously you come up slightly short there. You do leave with a little bit of coin that overall you are pleased with your performance on your return season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And turbo beat me more than fair and square. Theo beat me more than fair and square. And there was people on my ass for coming in for fourth and fifth place. And that's the hardest final ever. So it was a, I mean, I, I, just because you don't win doesn't mean you can't be like incredibly proud of a performance. And that is, that is one of them. Um, yeah. Does it help that, you know, when you get to that final, even including some of the other people who didn't place ahead of you, but you know, those eight people in that final, you got Cara there, you got Maddie in Georgia who obviously had to bow out early. You got Ninja who, you know, essentially comes in first for the women and comes up empty handed. I'm going to ask you about that right after this. So start working on your answer there. But like you look at the people you're competing against and there really isn't anyone I could see you being sour grapes for, for losing to, you know, if they do end up ousting you in that kind of race, there's no bananas. There's no, you know, I don't know, like a Zach or someone else who, you know, you could think like, you know, swindled their way in or something like that. So, I mean, was it the season in general, some of the people who ended up making it down the wire? I mean, it seems like, you know, and I'm not trying to take away any pay-per-view buys of the next season, but everyone is pretty well respected down the stretch on War of the Worlds. Everyone who got to that final. You, is that a fair assessment? It was one of the greatest games. I mean, I'm going to keep patting myself on the back because I'm in wrestler mode, right? You can't not come on your guys' show and not be wrestler mode. But not only was it one of the greatest games ever played on my behalf, but every single one of the people in the finals were people that were in my alliance. And uh, and and I had been protecting since the very beginning. Now, Theo doesn't know that he was in my alliance because I didn't trust him. Um, but I had to protect him because I had to deal with Kara. So Theo thought that we were like enemies until like the fourth or fifth week or something. And I like had to pull him aside and explain why he wasn't getting picked on by the guy that had been winning every single challenge. And it was like I had just told him that Santa Claus wasn't real. I mean, it was like I've never seen a man give the mind blown face more than him. And he I don't know how much credit he gives to that. But the point point is everyone that I had 
was in the finals and uh, was in my ranking system, was protected throughout the whole game. And so I brought all my people there. And what was really interesting, and so this isn't a spoiler because I don't think that this is going to make it onto World of Worlds 2, uh, but it might. But if it, it's not like going to give anything away. But there was some people, and I'm not going to name names, that were like, oh, my God, you're not going to treat me like Hunter last season. You're not going to treat me like Hunter. You're not. I'm not going to be your Hunter. And then I'd turn around and be like, you fucking idiots. How about you treat me like Hunter? I'll take that. Of course, what, how about this? How about you? I'll be your hunter. You win every single game. You put me underneath your wing. You take me to the final. I get to run it out in the final. Then afterwards, I'll invest in you and uh, make sure that you have a gem to own. So, uh, like people, they didn't want to feel like uh, they're just so confused. Like I, uh, I don't know. It was just a. It was a very interesting time. I, 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 can I, I want to stick with this? I want, I want to stick with with Wes's wrestler mentality right now yeah. um had a, had a, you, you, you did you, like I, I loved your assessment of you know tv time versus you know not having to fight and fuck versus basically you know in narrating your, your whole game i, yeah. I think it's, i think it was fascinating i think um I, and i think that's one of the reasons why you know, you, you really came off this last season as one of the head honchos. Uh, you made it to the end, did good. You, you brought your buddy with, with you, um, your main alliance. I, I thought that was great. That, that's, that's amazing gameplay. But let's talk about how you feel that all of that, all of those accolades that you mentioned may have hurt you. All of those, you know, all those, to, you know, the, the, the first place finishes, which was actually like top three. And I think it was a nice, a nice, fun, favorable game for a good athlete like yourself and for Pauly. Um, how do you think that, that all that hurts you and, 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 and the targets that you may be kind of alluding to uh, may be coming after you? How many people on this season do you feel you already have to look out for because you had this stellar performance? Yeah, I think it has to it depends on how well you're paying attention, right? Like like I mean, I already gave credit to the fact that people are pissed that I stole the show. Like it's funny, I love how Reddit like actually quantifies this and goes in and like picture uh does all the math and figure out how many seconds everybody had like kind of monopolized screen time on the thing and it was like me and then like a relatively distant second place was Devon uh, and then a bunch of people were like way further than that. So Devon was up there as like the queen of this last show as well. Um, but so it's like, I definitive, I'm not like sitting back saying, Oh, I think I stole the show. No, 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 no. Like quantifiably, I stole the show. Like math says it was my show and that's what pisses people off. And they want to sit back and say, Oh, well, Wes is manipulating. Wes is lying. Wes is backstabbing. And it's like, nah, nah, I'm not. I didn't backstab. I didn't lie. I didn't manipulate. I won and sent my enemies in and I smiled and had a good fucking time while I was doing it. So I didn't like pull any big brother moves. I didn't pull any backstabbing survivor moves. Like I played an incredibly loyal game that that it should like if you're paying attention to it, all you should learn is just be on West's side and he won't hurt you. Don't be on Wes's side and there's a good chance that you're fucked because I didn't like take somebody that wasn't my enemy and like send them in. It was I just took people that weren't in my top eight and I threw them in one after another until they all left. And then nothing was left in the end except for my alliance. And so that's why I don't think it was 
that's why a little bit like as much I enjoy and, and, and have fun with the quote unquote manipulator mastermind puppet master words like that's fun right from a quote unquote wrestlers persona. But uh, I don't do those things like I don't need to. I what what my greatest threat is that I'm able to do the math of the game and use statistics to kind of figure out who should be on my side, what we have to do to kind of get to the end, how large or how small the alliances should be. And we're going to just band together and, uh, and get rid of the people that aren't with us. And to, and that, yes, that works out not favorably for some people, but that's just because that they didn't find a way to partner with me or add value to my alliance. I mean, it's just business. Yeah. You definitely played an alpha style game on, uh, war of the worlds, um, but not that quintessential in your face, more like you said, the cerebral kind of, you know, hashing it out with people, letting them know how if they work with you, they'll do better in that game. And as you said, coming down to the final, those who worked with you uh, did make that final, even the ones who didn't know they were working with you, like Theo. Um, I've se- been seeing a lot of people, Wes, online recently uh, talking about alpha blocks, ironically, uh, for a natural segue there. Um, this new thing that you're working on where people who, whether they live in Tulsa or Kansas City or not, can learn from you and uh, their businesses can thrive the way you've helped so many businesses so far. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, thank you very much for bringing up my plug. I appreciate it. Um well, basically, Betablocks, which is my company, is a for a, a an in person business incubator. To to really dumb that down, it's like a school for entrepreneurs. So people come in, they go through classes, one on one coaching, all this stuff. We've been doing it for a decade. We've got a handful of phenomenal companies that are doing tens of millions of dollars in sales, like tr- totally working. Uh, the problem is I was never, I always had to turn people away that didn't live in one of the two cities that we've, that were, that we're located in because it'd be like accepting someone into your college that lives five states away. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't add any value to them. They wouldn't get what they deserved. We wouldn't, you know, get anything out of it either. So it's, Eventually, I was like, screw it. We need to create a digital version of what we do and charge for it just less than what we would do in person. And so I call it Alpha Blocks is kind of like the step before Beta Blocks. And it's an eight hour online kind of video based curriculum that takes people that have ideas for small businesses and startups and entrepreneurial products and nonprofits and takes them from that idea stage to the launch stage as fast as feasible as inexpensively as feasible with a very strong, sturdy foundation. And we sell that for 500 bucks. You can go through it an entire weekend, even though I suggest you uh, kind of spread it out a little bit. And then you can also upgrade for $1,500 to what I just described, plus three phone consultations. And uh, under normal circumstances, I farm that out to my consultants. But for challenge maniacs, I would be more than happy to do that consultation um, over the phone with anybody that comes on. So what it boils down to is if you're sitting back and you're saying, I've got this idea that one thing that you've been thinking about for a long time and you just haven't been able to figure out what are the next steps and how do I do this and what things do I need versus not need in this very complicated entrepreneurial world, then you can go on and buy this incredibly affordable course and figure out what some of the steps are where we've prioritized it, made it really easy of what what to do. And if you still need a little extra added help and to have a little bit of the fun of having me as your consultant, if you so choose, you get the 
choice. I don't really care. Um, and I'll throw in some, some challenge Q and a too for you. If, if that's how you want to spend your coaching time, um, then this would be the way to do it. And, uh, I'm obviously very prepared and I would love to provide 20% off to any challenge maniac. Uh, I've got it, uh, already written in there for the chat, the code, whether you call it the coupon code for mania. Oh, mania? yeah. Mania. Yeah. Mm- it's either mania or maniac. Now I got to check that. Yeah, definitely um, figure out what it is. We normally go with mania, but I mean, who who better than you? It's, to ma- re- it's mania. It's mania. Perfect. I just looked. It's, yeah. it's mania. I have a couple so, questions. So, because yeah. we have a ton of uh, challenge maniacs who are who are brilliantly, you know, uh, aspirational and entrepreneurial and whatnot. People are always asking my advice, which you know, whether it's you know podcast related, you know, sort of online tech related, whatever. And I can provide very little uh, from that regard, but also just like from a business standpoint. And people are always inquiring, hey, can we, you know, you know, maybe get involved with some sponsorship stuff? So I know, first and foremost, a lot of the people listening to this have stuff that they're trying to get off the ground, have stuff that they've already gotten off the ground or in different stages of. And I know people respect, you know, your advice and mindset when it comes to this stuff. So, you know, so what you're saying to kind of dumb it down is that, you know, if there's people out there who are working on a business, even if it's not a full-fledged business yet, if they've got an idea, if they've got a concept, if they've got a name, if they basically want to know whether or not it is viable, they can, you know, first and foremost, take your online course, which is like something you do over the course of a few days. Don't just fast track it like when you're taking an online driving course, if you get a couple speeding tickets, really like sink it in and get to know all of your information. But if they want to, you're saying that they can actually like not your friend, like you will talk to them and consult them and give them one-on-one Weston Bergman style advice with their specific business. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. So and like, you know, it's, I'm not, I, I get the fact that it's kind of fun. Like, Oh, a challenger on the phone, walk me through my business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's cool. And that's why I'm offering it and I'm going to be happy to do it. And I'm going to be really good at it. But let's also like call a spade a spade here. I own part of like 300 companies and my portfolio is going to do like a hundred million dollars in 2020. And this isn't some like, uh, what do you call it? Bobbleheads that I'm not selling t-shirts. I'm not like, I'm not, and, and don't get me wrong. I love challenge many t-shirts i'm just trying to actually insult my fellow challengers not you guys uh and so this is like real deal business stuff um and when you say like the podcast that's a great uh, example of a an entrepreneurial project that uh it that a lot of people have those types of aspirations but like what are the steps to actually get launched and so many people sit on these big kind of ideas and they don't do anything because all of the little miniature steps that get added together to finally birth this thing are just too difficult and they need help prioritizing it so i'll be there for those but it is theoretically mostly designed for like when you're about to build a true startup or a small business. So some sort of a software, a website or, or a coffee shop or gym or something along those lines. Well, true or false. So you just mentioned you own a bit, a bit of all these businesses. So almost in a self-serving way, if someone's pitching you their business and it's good enough, or you think there's something there selfishly, you're going to want to help with it because you might want a piece of it or you might want to formally, you know, maybe get them a step further, a step further where maybe they do want to uh, come on board with you. So it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure there'll be a handful of people who you just help out. And, you know, I can see it going somewhere and here's some advice and, you know, let me know how it goes. But if something's good enough and it gets put in front of you, Wes, you're not an idiot. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where if you can see that somebody has a brilliant idea and it just so happens that the way it got brought to you was through Alpha Blocks and a couple of phone com- uh, consultations, right? Like you're, you're not going to just throw it away. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's why we call it alpha blocks. It's like, because in, in what we do, you kind of define the phases of going from birth to kind of growth stage ventures by the Greek alphabet, just so that way when you're in the room with a new person trying to help out, they can somewhat get an idea just using the Greek alphabet about what phase you're at. So if you say you're an alpha or you say you're in beta or you're in gamma, then the person that's helping you kind of knows exactly where you are or ish, roughly where you're at. And so if you're doing alpha blocks and I know that's like the fun to get into beta blocks and the beta blocks is the funnel to get into gamma blocks, which is essentially like our investment in digital arm. So yeah, it's uh, a bunch but, of nerdy jargon and you can tell it is because all the betas in the real world were sick and tired of being called betas. So they created a scale where beta was more advanced than alpha. They're like, exactly. I'm sick of all these alphas throwing me in the lockers at school. I'm going to create a, an alphabet that makes it where the betas are actually further along and more progressed than the alphas. Ha ha. You got, you got to hand it to the Greeks. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you've got a great idea, uh, Wes has got a little mini shark tank here. Check it out. We'll be plugging it all week long. And we're, plugging awesome- it. we're pr- plugging it for longer than that. So, I mean, we'll okay, do- but we'll where be- can, where can people find it? Uh, what's the, like, uh, put it in their Google machine, put it on their phone browser. Uh, is it app based? Is it website based? Uh, it's website based, but you can, once you, once you've kind of gone through the whole thing, you can access it all on your phone and watch it all on your phone. It was kind of built for the phone, but it's a uh, good for anything, but you'd go, you'd Google beta blocks or you'd go to any of my like Lincoln bios or follow beta blocks on Instagram. I mean, if you can't find this, uh, then it won't help you start a company. Let's put it that way. There you uh, go. It is, there you go. It, it's yeah, it's not going to take an absolute moron and take you to a, a company ownership. This is, so you, if you can't find it, it's not for you, yeah. but it is very easy to find and we will make it even easier. And what's cool is you're offering the 20% off if you use the code mania. If somebody just wants to do the online course, which I'd encourage people to do probably as the first step. And then, yeah. and then the consultations, you're also offering the 20% off, which is a nice chunk of change because those are not cheap. And obviously they shouldn't be because you know, you're getting firsthand consultations from somebody who's very busy. Trust me. I can attest to this because scheduling a podcast with this guy takes two and a half weeks. Um, so 20% off of that is a nice chunk of change. So if people do want to go the step further and get the one-on-one consultations from you, uh, they get 20% also. So, uh, thanks for doing that. I think people will be, uh, happy with the, with the discount there. And I know it's funny. Sometimes we do end up uh, plugging stuff that I'm like, ah, nobody's going to want that. But I do think, you know, just by people who reach out to us, I know a lot of you guys out there entrepreneurial minded, very, you know, just, you know, when it comes to having ideas or putting stuff together and Wes has done it for, as he mentioned, hundreds and hundreds of companies just giving out the advice, whether or not he ends up working with them from start to finish or not. So uh, definitely a uh, invaluable resource here. So I implore you guys to just check it out and do a little bit more reading on it, even if uh, you don't end up going through with it. Um, okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I need to ask you what was what really grinded my gears, and this will be the last thing on last season, was when the four of you guys are out there, and you've got Turbo and Theo and yourself, and you have Ninja Natalie, the only female to cross the finish line, but just by nature of the format, we're paying one through three. She goes home, not only empty-handed, but she has to, I guess, Uber home because you guys all get to go off in a helicopter with TJ and she just gets to stand there on the desert. I mean, I know it was the format. People got confused. They thought I was saying they should redo it and just give her sympathy money. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying how when, when you saw how that shook out, do you agree with a format where it's possible that the the first-place finisher of a given sex, whether it's male or female, could go home completely empty-handed, not even with a single dollar? 
Yeah, you know, that is a, that's a spot. This is where wrestler persona has to go away because that you have to talk like an adult when you answer this because it's a very sensitive topic here. Um, so, but let's start with the, let's start with a good example. It would be like the duel. In the duel that, uh, you know, first place guy, first place girl, they both got an equal amount of money. So it, you're not like, it's not a girl versus guy thing. It's like a, there's, there's, you've got your own gender based heat and no one, no one ever sat back and was like, Oh, that's not fair. Or that's too fair. Or whatever the case is. Then fast forward to a vendettas where some sort of a, let's call it an equalizer was given. And then someone like Zach, who is beating the crap out of everyone ends up getting second place because of some, kind of borderline silly equalizer and then fast forward a year or two later and no equalizers are given and then everyone's upset again and so uh to add add in a little bit more to all this like to just uh, just a little bit of science to pump up the females that are listening to this uh for when it comes to the ultra distance and we're not talking like marathons we're not talking half marathons or 5ks when we're talking the distance that we were going Females across the world are better than men. And I know this because I just relatively recently watched a documentary on it that like all of those distance, uh, events are like, and records in all these different like cool areas of the world are held by women. So I'm not, so on one end, it's like somewhat fair. And especially cause there's like puzzles and little parlor games and things. But on the other, dis- and, but the reason why there's such a disparity is because and this is what this is God, such an asshole way of putting it. But it's like there's ter, there's like ter, there. I'm like the least professional male athlete in the finals. Like so. And then and then the next one is uh, and then the girls are just I don't know. Cara's never played a sport in her whole life. And now she's got to beat at a, a an almost Olympian at a running event. It's just uh, it's it's uh, it's not fair. No. Um, but uh so here, here's here's my whole deal, and like when you go back, a lot of people went back to vendettas, and they said, "Well, where were you when Kara came in first overall, whatever?" But you, that whole equalizer you talked about, where they reset and then they took the top two guys and the top two girls, and they did the um, you know the match challenge that Kara ends up winning, um, yeah. albeit by less than I guess what Zach had been winning by. They did it in a way where they guaranteed the top two men and women each got paid, albeit in different increments. But they made sure it was two guys and two girls, and they paid the top four. So Zach got paid. Kayla got paid. You know, it didn't matter what order they finished in or how much they got paid. They guaranteed that some representative of each sex got paid. The thing with this with, with this whole season is you guys are teams of two, men and women. There weren't. It wasn't like Final Reckoning where there were two te- you know, teams of two men, teams of two women, teams of one and one. There were very right. strict rules. It was men and women. Then halfway through the season, you guys split up and started doing individual, in which case you only competed against your sex. So, like, you know, Davon took out D. There was no chance that Davon was going to have to go against you or Paul, you know. And then all right. of a sudden at the final, we're capping it at the top three at finish regardless of sex. To me, it just didn't make any sense, especially when you're going to allow four people to finish – Right. Why just choose one to not get paid? And then obviously it ends up where and people say, would you have cared if Natalie did say come in third and say you would come in fourth and and one representative from each sex did get paid and blah, blah, blah. It probably wouldn't have jumped out at me. No, like it probably wouldn't have thought of it. But that being said, I just think you're playing this three month season out. You're going 
you know, through jumping through hoops to make sure that everything's sort of even throughout and men are competing against men, women are competing against women. And then all of a sudden at the end, you just like the person who finished has nothing to show for it. She beat every other person that she had to compete against all season long. And then at the end of it, she just didn't beat you three and she doesn't get, I don't know. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I... Derek hates but, when I bring but, up this subject. He get, he's, he's like, you got too heated. Oh, no, we've talked about this a million times. So I'm like, listen, I want to do my due diligence and going away from the last universe we were in and jumping into the new war we were about to be in. Okay. So I'm going to take my podcast persona off. Okay. And I'm going to get into challenge mania mode. Okay. And ask Wes, bro, you have people telling you, I don't want to be your next hunter and being pissed off about it. How yeah. many fucking people did you actually piss off in the last war that you're worried about in this war? How many people are coming at com, coming for your head based on everything that you did on the last season? Um, at least half the cast. At least half the cast. Now we're talking. Let's get this party. Yeah, let's get Mathematically, there's I sent home half of the half of the next season, at least, maybe even more. I was responsible for their demise on the previous season. Give me names. Who's coming after you, Wes? Who do you know is looking at you from from the other side of the line and looking at you and being like, this is the first motherfucker we need to take out? Yeah, well, uh, I I can't I'm not going to be able to give you the full list because some of it like even surprised me how many haters uh, are going to come out of the woodwork. So let's just talk like main couple of people, right? Sure, sure. So there's bananas, and that is just going to be a forever thing. And and we have a, a mutual understanding to just like go after each other. So that's what makes it. It's not even that big of a deal. But I got him on this last one. I embarrassed the crap out of him. He did horrible. It was my it was because of me, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then he has his little posse, right? Cause his posse doesn't grow up. His posse doesn't get jobs. His posse doesn't go on and have families. His posse just keeps coming back. And so his posse, <laughs> his posse is going to be there. And even though I'm friends and acquaintances with his posse, when he's around, he take like, I'm lower than he is. So, uh, so those people, whoever they may be, are all going to be coming for me. Um, and then on the British side of things, there's, uh, Theo and Bear. Um, I think Theo never really got to truly play last season because he was just kind of, uh, um, shrouded or underneath the veil of Kara. And, uh, and then Bear, Bear just didn't, uh, Bear, you know, I went after Bear. I ended up, I sent him in three times and he went in on the, went home on the third one. So, and then Bear's got some people, right? Like there's a, um, he, he, well, can't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't just send him in three times. You called him a pussy while he was losing in the fucking elimination round or winning in the elimination. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think I, I got more flack for telling Jenna to, uh, like stick the pole in her back or some, or something along those lines. I forget exactly what yeah. I said. It was the, it was one of the worst 
girls elimination rounds I'd ever seen. Like they were literally like playing with each other's hair in between the, in the rounds, like when they would reset and then they would like touch each other's hair and be like, Oh, your hair looks so good. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is like an insult to this whole game. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I mean, can you imagine Derek? If like, I wasn't mad at you. I wasn't mad at you for that one. Right. Uh, and, and I make each shit for it now. But and this, this is one of the most brutal things that the challenge. This is the most brutal game that the challenge will ever have, probably. You right. Know? Can you imagine if, like, you and I in the middle of our pole wrestle, like, and like when when they stop and reset, if I like walked over to you and was like, "Oh man, you've got a little bit of dirt on your back. Let me wipe it off for you," and be like, "Oh, you still look great, bro. Your biceps are starting to get a pump. Like, you're looking good. You want to take a little water break, and then we'll get back in here in a little bit." Like, that's what I was watching with the Devon and Jenna situation. Yeah. Um, I've I've done that. I've done that before, but it was more of like. I think I just broke my fucking finger, bro. Do you know the answer to this? No. Okay. Can we stop for a second? That's, like, a, little, that's like that. a little different. Yeah. I feel like a broken <laughs> bone uh, buys you at least five minutes worth of break uh, of, of a break, but, uh, but complimenting each other's hair. That's still in a perfect little French braid does not count. Yeah. Yeah. No, but then, but, but all I'm saying is, 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 you know, it, it, the testosterone or, or, the, the the tenacity or the or the vindictiveness of being called a pussy and during an elimination round, um, that guy's got to be staring through your through your brain when he sees you uh, walk up. Is it not? I mean, is he just fucking pissing vinegar when he sees you? Yeah. So I think he lives with his parents. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and there's a uh, poster of me on his wall in his parents' house. Okay. And, and when he wakes up, he looks at me and like counts down the days to before he gets to see me next. And uh, so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a little obsessive. I uh, think that maybe he should re- seek a little bit of help. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. He's not the first one to be obsessed with me and uh, and and have posters of me on their wall. Um, there's actually going to be quite a few fans of me on this next show. Yeah, I know you're trolling about him having a poster of you on his wall. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really just not. I'm sure he's dated a girl or two who has a poster of you on their wall. But um, that'll, uh, that'll yeah. have to be uh, left unsaid. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's a question for you, and I love this one. RJ says, Wes's most successful challenges have been individual and pair formats. Team challenges have not been so kind to him in the past. What were your thoughts when this format was revealed to you? Uh, I, I mean, he's on, um, it, it, that, I didn't see who, it, I don't know, girl R- or guy, I didn't RJ uh, could be girl, RJ. could be guy because I don't have their emoji or whatever it's called in front of me, but, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to, we're not, yeah, we're not going to judge. It's, it's, it's just an astute thing. And I think that like, here it is. Like I, I am cognizant of what he just said. And I thought of this as like a good way to, um, like kind of prove myself wrong in this, but here's the, here's the difference between team challenges and pairs or singles or whatever. Like if you go, uh, the team ones are so much more of like, like you lie, you have to lie more and like it's, it's who can puff up their chest and pretend to be a better teammate and do all this shit that doesn't matter. And you can't speak your mind. You have to be quiet about things. I think that they just make for worse environments and, uh, and the individuals, it's kind of like you say whatever you want. You can be very transparent throughout the whole thing because, um, at the end of the day, 
you can't hide behind numbers. You can't hide behind, uh, you know, mobs. You have to like put up or shut up. And, uh, the team ones, yeah, I, I, I haven't done well on those in the past, but you know, I, uh, I, I, I think I've learned from my mistakes. I think I can handle this. Let's talk about the other, uh, main wrinkle here in the format, which is, you know, when we had talked to you last season before, you know, full disclosure, none of us knew what the casting pool was going to be like, what the format was going to be like for the next season. And we had sort of, I think both agreed that they were probably going to cherry pick, you know, maybe five, six people from, War of the Worlds, the, the, the rookies that is, and, you know, bring them onto the next season and then bring back some of the favorites we hadn't seen before and maybe some of the Are You the One Cats. And it would be kind of, you know, we'd move forward with the typical kind of challenge season, whatever the theme is, and, you know, kind of take the cream of the crop from this, you know, half rookie season we had just done. Um, they actually doubled down. They went, yeah. they went and, and devised a format where by definition, by having it be half UK people, sure, they got to assemble it with a lot of the people from War of the Worlds. They then bring back some of the newer competitors, the Rogans and the, and the Joss of the world, but they then had to add about five or six, I forget how many new, completely new rookies, all of which come from the other side of the pond, mind you. There are no American rookies. There are American second-time players. We get Josh again. We get Faith again. Um, and then we get a couple of fan favorites back in the Wes and Nani roles. Of course, you guys are now back, but you're old news at this point. We get Laurel and Jordan back, who are the sort of, hey, guys, we brought back these two, so don't care that we kind of reshaped the whole thing again. How shocked were you to see that that's the route they went? I mean, with so much talk of doing like a vets versus rookies type of thing or a old versus new, they went further in the other direction. Direction. They went further back across the pond. They went back into Buckingham Palace. And here we are, more British people, more rookies, and less of the uh, the older cast members. And, and honestly, none of the, I think, people, the stat here was this is the first season without someone from Are You the One Season 3, which as we talked about is like the 2003 NBA draft uh, season of uh, Are You the One that gave us Devin and and Brittany and Amanda and Nelson and all the, and, and Hunter and none of them. This is the first season to have absolutely none of them. How surprised were you to see this format from a casting perspective? Um, I think last time I was on the show, I talked about how stupid I think the old school versus new school would end up being. So I don't, I don't feel the need to kind of say why that is silly. Um, that could, that could maybe fit in like a champs for stars esque format or something like an old versus new, but they're, everyone's just playing parlor games and, and stuff to where it doesn't really matter. Oh, my veterans day concept that I just came up with on the bonus podcast about how they just bring back old schoolers, like straight old schoolers, like haven't played in 10 year people and don't have any dailies just have them live in a house on like La Brea and then literally all they do is el like eliminations and then you give money to the winner and that's the mid-season uh champs versus stars slot and you call it veterans day yeah that'd be great i mean i would watch that yeah yeah um, so 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 going back to the uh old school versus new school thought uh they basically listened to the last podcast Wes was on and Wes talked him out of it. So anyone that wanted to see old school versus new school, like yeah, Wes is to blame. That, that Wes did it. <laughs> but even if that's not the format, my point is this, my point is this, Wes, did you not think, 
did you not think that, I mean, cause uh, when we talked about War of the Worlds, which was essentially Fresh Meat 3 here, right? That yeah. after that, we were going to go back to the format of, you know, you take some of the Fresh Meat 3 people, put them in the rotation, but now we go back to the familiar faces. Maybe if they're not all Mark <laughs> Longs and Eric Nieces and Beths and Tanyas, but still some familiar faces from the challenge world. And instead they right. doubled down and actually reduced that even further. Yeah, like like what like question marks like why is Devin and Tony and Cor Corey and Kayla like why are they not there right the, kind of those kind of things right and to be honest with you but it's also like you know the the answer is simple why they're not there because with this format they can't be there there's literally only enough spots for this many people from the states. So right. unless you're taking some sort of a, you know, and just by nature, none of our, you know, familiar faces are from the UK. So then they have the, the, what's it called? The, um, reinforcements that are Ninja Natalie, D and Turbo, three people from last season. So that would have been a way you could maybe shoehorn in a Tony or a Kayla or someone like that. But again, they go back to that War of the Worlds well. So this, I think, is going to be looked at War of the Worlds part one as like maybe as pivotal, as pivotal a turning point in the challenge stratosphere as any season we've ever had, because I mean, fresh meat one, fresh meat two, they took about six of those people and put them in the rotation. You know, right. they didn't completely reinvent the wheel. Well, here's the, here's the thing. And this, and this is very pertinent for this question. And then it also relates to probably other questions. Like it was, this was the last, this last season and and even the one before that one that I wasn't on. I mean, I think that the internet and Twitter especially is cares so much about like kind of, um, judging the challenge gods for some of the decisions that they make. But they're responsible for a show that's been on 34 seasons. Maybe we should let them make these yeah, decisions let them without do their our, jobs. Let them do their jobs. Cause if we, if, if we're all so brilliant and we want to come up with a different route, then why don't we start our own show? Because they're responsible for one of the longest running shows ever, the creation of a genre, if not kind of multiple subsets of a genre. And if they're taking this in the direction one little bit at a time in the direction of this is a truly international world war or world competition then uh that's i want to i want to watch that show and i want to be i want to sit back as an old man and figure out who the Derek kaczynski of you know uh canada is going to be and who the abram of africa is going to be and and if they and they have to kind of drip that to us or else the challenge fans who are so resistant to change. If we're not, if they're not like given one inch of change and evolution at a time, then they'll revolt. And so I think that they've got, uh, this idea of something far bigger than what the current people, what the current market is ready to swallow. So they're just giving it to them in little doses. It's like the, uh, I think it's the Henry Ford quote where he was like, if you asked my customers what they wanted, they would have just asked for a faster horse. And that's exactly versus him just saying, uh, no, I'm going to make a car. And that's kind of what's happening. Like we're all sitting back wondering why fill in the blank fan favorite old person isn't there. Meanwhile, they're going to create the next crop of fan favorites from across the world and make it possible for people that are tuning in from to challenge mania are doing so from Algeria and Africa and, uh, and 
Uzbekistan and stuff. So it's like that's that's just going to make our entire world bigger and better, and we're going to be better people because of it and better challengers because of it. So I'm tr- I'm trusting in the in the challenge gods to. To be a couple of steps ahead of us, which might not make the very next steps that they're doing always all that legible. But you've got to trust that there's someone back behind closed doors that's playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. The the, the answer is there will never be another Derek Kaczynski that's been in as many bloody wars as he's been in. <laughs> well, I mean, with, t- with, t- with time, all, everything, you know, that's what everyone says about records, right? Up until some freak of nature comes out of the woodwork. Um, but you're right. I mean, you've carved your own little, uh, little path. Um, and, uh, and, and you will go down in the records books because of it. But there's got to be people that are reminiscent of the Kaczynski attitude and athleticism and game style. That, that hail from all po- different places across the world. And I think that, uh, I don't know, like the, there's a reason why the World Cup is bigger than the Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm proud to be on a path that's going in that direction. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. You know, uh, I gave you an expert ballot last year for the uh, Challenge Mania Hall, uh, not Hall of Fame, the awards, because you didn't really play. You did play a little bit on Champs versus Stars, but this year can't give you one because you were too much in the thick of it on what will amount to both of the seasons that make up the awards. While you guys were away filming, we did the uh, the Challenge Mania Hall of Fame, where we inducted all by fan votes. So D and I basically didn't even get a vote. Uh, we did as far as like our votes, you know, count as much as any regular person uh we let all of our our maniac level patrons votes it, it, it ended up being about 500 votes and uh we submitted the nominees and they ended up picking the top two finishers so our first ever challenge mania hall of famers i don't know if you've seen this wes are mark long and landon lewick who beat out the other three finalists which were abram mike the miz and alton uh, and I should add that the caveat is no one is eligible who's played in the last six seasons. So if you played on Rivals 3 or sooner, yourself included, you're not on the ballot. Derek's not on the ballot. Johnny's not on the ballot. Cara, Laurel, etc. The two women who made it were Evelyn and Coral, who beat out Susie, Paula, and um, Rachel Robinson. How do you feel about those being the first four representatives of the Challenge Mania Hall of Fame? I think that those were pretty good decisions uh i'm i think that especially for like inaugural first is there a word for like yeah inaugural yeah 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 so that's uh that's uh, those are good first ones especially on the female side of things i think mark long definitely deserves to be there landon is a badass like you cannot take anything away from the guy from an athletic standpoint he is just one of those freak of natures i will never take that away from him and not only is he a really good athlete period he's just errors on the side of the exact type of bullshit that we do right like great upper body strength great grip strength great wrestling abilities all these things that make for a great athletic challenger but he is not the bee's knees when it comes to uh the politics side and the social side 
And, um, and because of that, it's a little stinky that, uh, that he's not as much of a 360 degree threat as, uh, some of the other people. But I mean, I'm not like mad about it. I'm just providing constructive criticism because that's what we do here. Would you have voted yeah, for anyone over him as far as, uh, Mike, uh, Abram or, uh, Alton? Probably the Miz. I mean, if you're talking about inaugural, like not yeah. only is he a champion, not only is he obviously athletic, but he played the game hard. He also banged a bunch of girls back in his day. And it's like, <laughs> like he, he did. He's a, he's a five tool player, as they say, um, at our fellow, uh, Canadian podcasting friends say like he uh, and then for him to have taken that platform and lily padded over to something else where he was able to do as much as he has like i mean that's probably where my vote would have gone yeah he just bought a six million dollar house by the way mr mazanin yeah yeah pretty uh yeah he's a he's an impressive person like all around that's what i mean by like that 360 degree stuff like he does like landon will just sit back and be like okay i'm just gonna be nice to everybody and if anyone wants to wrestle me in the ring go right ahead that's cool like i get like why that's cool but it's not television show cool that's espn cool and this is like espn meets uh, the real housewives or something like we got, you gotta, you gotta bring some trash to the show and he's just way too classy. And speaking of classy, uh, did you mention DM Brown as an automatic bid? We automatically, Scott? we automatically inducted uh DM who will always be the first ever, uh, induction into the challenge mania hall of fame. Um, we thought that would be a unanimously accepted, uh, decision, but no, you have people who comment and say, DM doesn't deserve to be in a Hall of Fame, and those people can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I actually did hear the, uh, the episode, so I am familiar with like why you guys did and what the ranking system was. I think it's, I think it's badass what you did, and the rules are very well clear, put out. I think it was smart that you gave DM the bid, because if you had not, oh, first off, not only she definitely deserves it, so let's put it out there that she, period like that's who i would have voted for but she would have ruined the game for you guys because it wouldn't have everyone would have voted for her so it's like it it made it to where um she could actually like other people could actually stay in a shot of winning otherwise it would have just been so lopsided that the science behind the voting would have gone by the wayside so i think it was a I think it was great. I look forward to next year's. And I and shoot, I guess I don't even qualify for like not for a hot minute there, Wes. Yeah, yeah. Not, not for a while. Well, then I guess what you're saying is I need to quit so that way I can get into this Hall of Fame. Well, if you hadn't, so it's funny. It, it's actually this is a, an interesting discussion here because you did you play on Rivals Three? Yes, you did. So you wouldn't have been eligible this year, but you would have been eligible next year if you hadn't done this War of the Worlds slash War of the Worlds 2 pass. So let's take your third place finish on War of the Worlds out of it, which, you know, third place finishes don't necessarily show up on the challenge wiki, but I think it'd be fresh in our minds. And, you know, it definitely, I think, was your best played game, even if it didn't end in a W. Would you, I think you would have been a lock for, if you became eligible on this second ballot coming up, I think you would have been an easy lock. Um, cause I think you, you, you're sort of like, uh, in the Evelyn camp of, you know, recent enough, uh, and actually did it in the eliminations, really stocked up all those counting stats, but also played a lot of seasons and are, are sort of, you know, well-respected from a competitive standpoint. Whereas like, I do think like the marks and the corals and even the mics of the world, although they did get a lot of votes, people put the caveat of like, okay, a lot of the, a lot of this has to do with the trailblazing and a lot of this has to do with the legacy, 
Whereas then like the Evelyns and the Landons got in for doing the damn thing in the dirt too. And I think you would be that person in the second go around. So not going to happen because you decide to go out there and win money instead. Cause I guess you care more about money and winning and pride than a, than a cheap ring that I have made on Etsy. But, um, <laughs> but there you it'll, go. it'll happen. You know what though? Like I'm, I'm, I want to, do you mind if I bring the wrestler persona back out and say something like crazy, crazy douchey, but I just can't help myself. I would love it. Okay, so one thing that I was thinking about while I was uh, road raging the other day in my car, like for whatever reason, this is the thought that came into my head, like after someone had cut me off, was one record that I don't think anyone really gives across uh, that I think I have is I have been the the front runner with no clear second place as the star of the show more times than anyone else. And when I say that, I mean, you think back to like bananas, right? Or even CT, what show were any of them actually the star of? Like, were they completely dominated where every storyline was about them? Yada, yada, yada. And I look back and I can say Fresh Meat 1 was my show. I can look back and I can say Fresh Meat 2 was my show. I can look back and say The Ruins was my show. I can look back and I can say... War of the Worlds was pretty darn up there for my show. And no one can say that. And so when, and, and, and there are better athletes that have been on the show. There are smarter people than me that have been on the show. But if you wonder why a 34 year old redhead that lives in Kansas is continually asked back over and over and over again, it's because I know how to become the star of the show. Or say, or say douchey things. It is what it is. Like or, I, be, or, or, or be a dickhead to a certain degree. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think. I, I, I think. I think DM was was a big star on uh, on, on Fresh Meat One. Then again, you know. But she had you know, that partner that dragged you know, her down. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, that one partner that didn't make the final decision for her uh, to quite possibly take the other two teams out but i let it i let her take the show at that point it's it's, it's i think um um, i'm gonna go out on a limb and say johnny was the star of first look and ct (laughs) was the star of ct's getting married yeah but no but like see my point like you can't look back and be like oh man banana stole the show in rivals or banana stole the show in uh i don't know what else is fresh meat one like i mean he he wasn't he he that that's just not what he does he doesn't have like it in him to do anything of an of enough substance to actually be the main character and ct used to be able to do that back in the day should he have not punched anyone and now he plays such a boring game and so it's like who who has the ability to like to walk that fine line between douchey arrogant but can back it up and also has the intelligence to take the show and fucking run with it and it's me and that's what I'm saying. In five or six years, when you all get the chance to vote for me for the Hall of Fame, I don't even want anyone to look back. It would be it's irrefutable. Hey, listen, God bless your your douche ways, bro. But um, I, and I do think you are a uh, a main character in, in War of the Worlds. But I and I hate to break to I think Turbo stole the show. I think Turbo. Oh was like the guy that'd be like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. Who the fuck is he? He's one survivor twice. And at the end, he's fucking like, you know, helping people up a a Sandy Hill and fucking throwing them cheat codes and shit to help them catch up. And then all of a sudden he fucking wins the big money. You know, like the hero won the money. Like he stole the show. 
You know, um, sorry, don't don't mean to cause conflict here, but you started it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He won the show. I stole the show, and he was great. And don't, don't get me, you notice how like I very definitively was like, okay, Fresh Meat One was mine, Fresh Meat Two was mine, Ruins is mine, and then I paused a little bit and I was like, pretty much mine. You go look at that Reddit stuff. You look at the amount of seconds I took the majority of the airtime and made the majority of the stories. He didn't make one move the entire game. He sat back, didn't go to any eliminations, didn't do anything. He was great and funny and is my friend and I love him. But just because you win doesn't mean you stole the show. This is not ESPN. This is some mutation thereof. And that is what, that's the point that I'm trying to make. And if it, and that's why, like, if you, if you vote for Landon, you're of the school of thought of, okay, we're going to put in the absolute best athletes. And if you vote for Coral, you're like, well, we're putting in like the biggest legacies and the, and the most attitude and the most politics. And where I come in is I feel like I'm just great at all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I would, I would expect nothing less of you to say. (laughs) Uh, this is the west i've known for many 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 years and uh thank you for being you um another flawless victory my friend flawless victory um Um, listen i i have a question uh from d your 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 previous okay um she says she wants to know uh she wrote in and said who is your main alliance and i kind of want to piggyback that and and ask if you could be so kind to reveal which people we could see you working with in the upcoming seasons of season of War of the Worlds too? Which I'm sure will be flawless as well. Uh, well, Dee's gonna be my number one girl for sure. Like uh, she's she's like a sister at this point, and I have so much love and respect for her. And she's just, I mean, if we if this if we had more time, I'd tell you some like crazy cool stories about her that would just make you fall in love with her even more. But uh, she's my she's my main girl, and it kind of sucks that she's the one that asked the question. So it's like I'm I'm kind of pandering to a certain extent, but it's true. Like she's my she's my number one. She's coming to do Challenge Mania Live with us in San Francisco. I heard September seventh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's probably I mean that's the furthest per, fit, per, like uh, traveling contestant that's ever come to do your show. I know she couldn't it's, have come from any further. It's pretty cool. And look, we're happy to see her back. We enjoyed having her on the podcast. We are delighted to have her at Challenge Mania Live the week after this new season debuts. And truth be told, we would have had her on the show regardless. But I want to ask you, and, you know, obviously she's probably listening to this. Obviously she's a friend and alliance of yours. Were you surprised to see her make the cut for this one, especially given that she's not from the U.K.? So my theory is that they kind of came up with this uh, reinforcement thing as a way to shoehorn a turbo and a D into this thing. They probably did the math. They're like, hey, we've got someone from Australia. We've got somebody from Turkey. How do we get them into this cast and have it make it make sense? And instead of just having it be the two of them, they throw CT in there. He's from the U.S. They throw Ninja Natalie in there. She's, you know, I guess Filipino-American, but also from the U.S. Now we have it as like a twist. But that was, I think, their way of getting a D and a Turbo onto a season where clearly they're so well-liked they want to have them on the show where they don't fit format-wise. So were you surprised to see D make the cut knowing how few spots there were for someone like her who isn't from the U.S. or the U.K.? Um, I think the shoehorn thing is probably exactly what happened, but let's put it this way. Like when they introduce the, uh, reinforcements, the TJ doesn't say, all right, hold on, pause. And then, uh, MTV executive comes in and explains why they did it all right. Like you just move on. 
Um, so I, I think that that's probably exactly what happened, that it, it, they didn't they had the inability of just making a clean cut America versus UK. And, well, let me uh, rephrase the question, right? So when you and I were talking last uh, mid last season about how, you know, only so many spots for people from war of the worlds, right? And this is a season where performance wise, you had people that's, you know, really stood out when you have a turbo and a Theo, as far as like a, you know, athletically ninja, of course, and then personality wise, you have a bear, you have a Georgia, you have Zahida, and then you have people like Maddie who did really well and were this imposing force throughout the season and then come up short in the final. And then D, albeit gets eliminated the challenge before the final or right before the last challenge. I guess she's in the last elimination, but I was worried she was going to be the one who was the odd woman out there. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that she had made her way onto the radar of this next season with such a crowded field. That that's more my question to you. Were you surprised to see that not only she was brought back, but she was brought back in a format that didn't actually call for her? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, you said it. it was, yeah. So I'm surprised only because, like, do I think that she belonged on the next show, or at least an invite to the next show? Yes. But when you hear the format, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you have to hand it to her. I mean, shoot, they found a way. Um, they found, they basically said, we want her so bad that we're willing to, and, and you could say this probably about, about Turbo too, but we, we want them so badly that we're going to change the rules and literally make up rules for the sake of, um, getting them on there. And that's pretty darn cool. And I think there's a good chance that, uh, she felt that pressure and, uh, she rose to the challenge. Yeah. It is what it is. Let's keep moving on with some of these new people, Scott. I don't want to keep him forever um, because he's been way too gracious with this time. And I want to ask him about some of the newer players that we, we've never heard of before um, that you're playing with for the first time. And give us a little bit of a sneak peek of what there is to come on World of the Worlds 2 with some of these newbies. Um, and when I say that, who's the first person that comes to mind? You're like, oh, new guy, new girl. Uh, this. Let me tell you about this. Or let me tell you a little bit about them. Okay. Wait. So who he comes? Wants to know, yeah. When he said hey, new, was, when he said new cast member, did your wheel start turning and you wanted to talk he, about this person first? Yeah. We got Idris, Sean, uh, wrote, probably playing with Rogan for the first time. Uh, yeah. Esther, um, Jenny, uh, let's see, Nicole. Yeah. Big T. Is she well, big? You know, um, uh, okay, 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 I got it. Okay, so, um, all right, so there's two, there's two definite like oh shit factors, um, in there. So Jenny is a fucking beast, like, um, a like on the bodybuilding side of things, like as far as a sport goes, and she, I mean, she is fucking built. I don't know what else to say. And I don't know anything about the show that she was on, but I know it was called like the fittest on earth and she won it. I mean, Survi- survival of the fittest alum. Yeah. Survivor. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, I mean, I, she, I didn't care who was on that show, but like, that's a pretty good little, I just, I just pulled it up. Man. She beat uh Shailene in the finals of her season. Oh, no, just, that's a joke. I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Before that, anyone that's... took me too seriously and ran with that. I just, sorry. Um, so, uh, okay. So she's a, a force to be reckoned with, right? Just cause at the very least her size, but, 
I don't know why there's not more girls on there on this like that because they sure as hell cast dudes like that. Um, so that's that, and she's you know so she's gonna have a um, she's got a good shot. And then Idris, you know, I don't know what they've been able to say on uh, on his bios or anything, and I'm I can't imagine this being a spoiler, but the dude's a professional boxer. Oh yeah, so, says it in his Twitter bio. Right. Uh, and then you, then you're like, okay, okay. So do by professional boxer, does that mean he's gotten in the ring one time and won 500 bucks by getting second place? And the answer is no. He's like legitimately a professional boxer. Like, is he going to be fighting Floyd in the MGM at some point? No, but I think the dude is going to be, uh, is doing just fine professionally speaking. Uh, and so the, and, and we know what boxers do. I mean, they, they get, have a very, very well-rounded training regime, uh, which is going to, I mean, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I can say this because it's in the trailer. If you slow-mo that he clocks me, like we're doing, we do this hall brawl-esque thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just checks me so bad. Like the Tweety birds start coming out. So like, I mean, he's already, you know, like when they say in prison movies, you're supposed to beat someone up right when you get there. Well, I was the person who got beat up right away. Like he just fucking clocked me. Did, uh, did you see stars? Did you get concussed? Uh, off that no, hit? I did not get concussed, but okay. I saw, I saw stars. Like it was okay. one of those, yeah. it, was, it was one of those, like, That's do I want to? Do I want to get back up? Kind of uh, uh, moments and bananas was the bananas is the is the cameraman in that situation because he had that that scene he was running behind me and he had the GoPro on his head and I remember him saying Oh my God I had the best view wait until you see this and I was like I really hope you didn't get that because man he fucked me up I'm watching it right uh, now because uh, Idris or Idris um, tweeted it on the 9th of August. Uh, when Challenge mentioned war, I had to make an appearance, can't wait, and it is a gif of him shoving you into the bonsai tree or whatever that is, and you are just bouncing off of it one time after another in this gif. Um, currently only with 222 views, Wes, don't worry, but uh, I just retweeted it, so maybe a couple more. Uh, um, yeah, that was rough. So is it in, in, in nowadays they do classify seeing the stars or the Tweety birds, if you will, as a concussion. I didn't know that back from my playing f- football playing days. I just thought that that was just, I don't even know what happens. You get back up and you do it again. Sounds like what you did. Have an orange uh, slice um, and get back out there. Yeah. So, um, is this, is this the new make of Darrell? Is this the new Darrell? Is this Darrell's replacement? Cause we do know uh, boxers do. It's a pretty good record. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that there's, a, there's some fair comparison in there. I think that they're very different styles of players, um, as far as what you're going to see from them. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there's some fair comparison and I think that them two would enjoy each other's company. I mean, cause just to start it off from the boxing background, but yeah, no, I think he's, he's an absolute set. I don't know if they've shown him with his shirt off yet either, but he is an Adonis. Like that is a, that's a man. That's a that's a fucking man right there, uh, like chiseled out of stone. And I know that that doesn't always translate, but it it does in this situation. Um, okay, Moradon, Moradon. Sorry, Scott, Moradonis, Idris, Joss, or Rogan. As far as Ad- Adonisness, yes. Uh, uh, Idris. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and and you know, like Joss is obviously. 
uh, awesome at that, but like the, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, no, they're, they're all three impressive. So it's like, it's, it sucks to have to, you know, not give them all the first place in that regard. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't think that Rogan is like at his peak that he's ever been. Like if you look at him and his like his peak days and if everyone was at their fittest, like it would be a lot harder. Um, but, uh, but I think I have to give it to Idris. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought you were going to say it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, it's hard to say which one I'd rather not stand next to on a regular basis. I, I thought that's what you were going to say. Well, well, here, here's the, here, here, here's, here's the deal. If it was, <laughs> if, if it was them three and if I wasn't so pale and in my heyday, I'd beat them all. Wow. What's and interesting that's here? Not, that's not a wow. That's a like fact. Like, we have I mean, somebody who got knocked around by Joss trying to talk up Joss. We have somebody who got knocked on his ass by Idris trying to talk up Idris. Here, we're just at a standstill. We just can't. Uh, we can't get past the fact that both of you guys want to talk up your uh, your guy here. Wait, who? Who's? We're just we're just yeah, talking, okay. Scott. We're just talking about all of them, bro. I, I, think, I don't know. I if think you Derek wants like everyone to know on minute record. And a half, Joss, I just, I just, Joss is the most physical specimen. Oh, well, we're not, I thought, I thought we were, when, when I say Adonis, I'm talking like just Body looks. Only. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. So just looks from a looks basis, then I'm looking at it like from a borderline like bodybuilding or competition or like who looks best in a speedo type thing. And I mean, this fucking Idris guy is, oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's so, impressive. So if you find a picture of him in your wife's drawer, you're not buying the whole, Hit <laughs> this as a joke thing. That's what you're saying. Yeah, no, like, I mean, it's so bad. Like, if I went, I'm actually scared because I'm at home right now. Should I go look under the pillow? Uh, like, don't do on, it, bro. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a bad I'm right. Idea. I'm right here. That's a bad oh, idea. Oh, my God. There, it, there's oh, a God. Polly's fucking OnlyFans photo is sitting right here. It's in oh. her pillowcase. Unbelievable. I'm pissed. I was, I was just in Polly's OnlyFans. Uh, fucking challenge me alive last week, and now you're telling me he's under your pillow? That's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, like, uh, pretty right. serious. Full disclosure: it's it's kind of frustrating to have to talk to somebody before a season starts airing, and we can't really step on too much of this stuff from a spoiler perspective. So yeah. come back and talk to us once uh, we see you exact your revenge on Young Idris uh, later on. I'm just kidding; I don't know if that happens, but um, but after we get to enjoy at least most of, if not all, of War of the Worlds Part Two, come and chat with us again. And uh, just a reminder to everybody listening: twenty uh, percent off you're giving people if they want to check out alpha blocks which they can get to it's actually your first test your first weston bergman test is you have to find alpha blocks yourself online but once you do find it use the code mania you get 20 percent off the online course or 20 percent off one-on-one consultations from the man himself so thanks for hooking that up wes no thank you guys for giving uh, a platform to talk about it appreciate it yo best luck this season thanks again for coming man and uh yeah man hopefully uh, you know people check that out and uh take and 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 take that 20 percent off while you while you have it if you got a great idea go for it even for if sure, it man. is a t-shirt company don't let him tell you your t-shirt company is not worth signing up for alpha blocks maybe you've got the best t-shirt company in the world who knows yeah, no, I, uh, it was a it was a bad cheesy example, and I yeah. pray in hindsight I could have come up with better ones. Yeah. All right, brother, we'll talk to you. All right, adios. Peace. Thanks, Wes. Bye. See you.
was Weston Bergman. You heard him humbled by the man Idris. Did you hear that? He really humbled, uh, humbled, humbled yet. Uh, very proud. He's a very proud man. Proud to be thrown on his ass by that man. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. It sounds, uh, sounds interesting. Um, we call that getting depleted, Scott. The man got depleted and saw saw stars. Yeah, he that's did. what he said. Said he got concussed. Yeah, and we're not talking stars like Drake and Josh and Jose. We're talking about actual stars. Yeah. Just kidding. Like I kid Jose. You... Jose came nice enough to come to Caroline's, take pictures with folks during the meet and greet. We find out last minute he doesn't have time to stay for the show, but I bring him out on stage at the beginning just so he can show the crowd his abs. Love that. That's the first thing I asked him. I was like, hey, let me see those abs. Yeah, that's the first thing anybody asks. Hey, can I get a venti latte? Sure, can I see your abs? Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Challenge Mania. As Wes said, you can get 20% off his awesome Alpha Blocks program. That's where you can learn business from the man himself who's responsible for the growth of over 300 companies, Weston Bergman. And if you like the online course, you can get private tutelage from the man himself. That's right. Wes will be guiding you, talking to you on the phone via Skype. I don't know how you guys are going to do it, video conferencing. He will walk you through how to make your business bigger and better give you ideas you know focus group with you help you come up with some branding some you know connections and all the experience that he's amassed over the years he will transfer over to you and as he said you want to ask a question about johnny bananas you want to ask a question about war of the worlds sure you can throw the challenge q a in there too check it out online you can google it yourself that's step one that's the first barrier of entry find alpha blocks online beta blocks of course is the company itself you get 20 percent off use that code mania uh, that is a special for you guys for listening to the podcast. Wes, of course, one of you guys. He is a maniac as well, as you mentioned, uh, when we were talking about the Hall of Fame. He's like, yeah, I heard the episode. So, um, awesome to hear that. Thanks to all you guys who came to New York, as we said. Remember, hashtag Challenge Mania, hashtag Bobble Mania. Tell us who you want to see in a ring someday. Headline in SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, whatever it is. What challengers you want to see in the ring. Maybe even you want to jazz it up with a Photoshop or something like that. That might help you win. We will be giving away a few of these awesome FOCO bobbleheads by at FOCO USA. These awesome WWE bobbleheads. Ric Flair, Andre the Giant, Ronda Rousey, John Cena, whoever you want. Hashtag Challenge Mania, hashtag Bobble Mania, and let us know who you want to see in the ring. Uh, Saturday, September 7th, D, are you excited for San Francisco? It's only two weeks away now. I am. I am. I cannot wait to uh, see my old friends, man. Those guys are, you know, some of the coolest people that I've ever done challenges with. They're going to have amazing stories, and this is going to be an awesome fucking time. Get ready, San Francisco. We're coming to town. Awesome, brother. You have a great weekend. I will try to as well. Shouts to the Challenge Mania Fantasy Football League. We just put it together. We're drafting next Thursday, August 29th, the day after War of the Worlds. We'll be turning that into a live podcast. that will go up to patreon.com slash challenge mania. All the money, as always, goes to the charity of the choosing of the winners. We're doing two-person teams this time. So, uh, D, we're going to kick some ass this year. It's going to Connor's Cure. We're playing for Connor's Cure. We are mm-hmm. going to take this league down, D. No bears on the yeah. roster this year. No bears. Mm. Or maybe you just shouldn't draft. Maybe you should just let me do the drafting this year. Because well, we your drafting last year So I ran every single pick by you. We took Allen Robinson, Chicago Bear, in like the, what was it, third round or something like that. Our first two picks were money. Our first two picks were Christian McCaffrey, who's now like borderline number one overall pick, and Keenan Allen, who was fantastic as well. But uh, once we started taking bears, started going into hibernation. That's all I'll say. 
Shouts to everybody uh, who came to New York. Shouts to everybody who helped. Shouts to Scooter, Emily Longaretta, Lindsay. Shouts to Al Carmona for putting together some videos for us, all that good stuff. Shouts to Brian. Shouts to Carly. Uh, who else helped out, man? I just want everybody. Uh, shouts to our boys at MTV who came by, our boys and girls uh, came to hang out with us. Uh, appreciate all you guys. New York, you're the best as always. Selling out Carolines on Broadway is an absolute thrill. Can't believe we get to do it a couple times a year. Until next time, but in two weeks, man, ChallengeMania.live, get on it. Bay Area, Sacktown, San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, Cobb's Comedy Club. Better see you there. We better see you there. All right. I'm going to go get ready for rehearsal because my brother is getting married in two days. Going to the chapel and we're gone again, man. Okay. All right. I'll see you later, buddy. All right, guys. This ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves and hopefully we'll see you in the future. is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x-ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser Permanente. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, the Middle States, 2101, East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Tone Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia.